This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 545, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, January the 17th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 545. It's our Comic Reviews episode for releases in the week of Wednesday, January the 17th. And as I record this, it's the 28th, so these comics are already a week and a half old. Um, so I'll keep this a little bit brief, because uh, some of these books you probably have already put out of your mind, because you're like, you know, we've already moved on to a whole other week's worth of books. Uh, what's interesting is that uh, for the first time in a while, I guess because of how long it's been uh, since I've done a reviews episode, I've actually read a lot of books that came out on on the 17th. So, uh, first of all, these are some of the books I will not be talking about on this particular discussion. Uh, a new issue of America, America 11, Aquaman, uh, Batwoman, Deadpool vs. Old Man Logan number 4, Generation X, Green Lanterns, Mighty Thor 703, Monsters Unleashed, Nightwing, Spirit of Vengeance, Spirits of Vengeance, sorry, Superman, and Weapon X. Uh, but I actually did get a chance to read a lot of books that came out on the 17th. Let's just dive right in and try to... Uh, I'm going to keep this episode a little bit brief. I don't have a lot of time, but actually for the first time in a while... I actually have a lot of books to talk about. I'm talking about, let's see, about 14 books today. So uh, some of these are going to be very quick reviews indeed. Uh, first up, we've got, let's see, uh, Old New Wolverine, number 29. Really enjoying this current storyline um, and seeing what's going on as the Orphans of X are hunting Laura and those like her. Uh, it's written by Tom Taylor, artwork by Juan Cabal. Uh, Taylor has a really good sense of what he wants to do with his story. Uh, I thought the artwork by Cabal was absolutely fantastic. Um, the color work here is actually really, really good as well. There's some great juxtap- just, yeah, juxtaposition here. Uh, so the color's by Nolan Woodward. Um, oh, sorry, Woodard. Um, it's really good. I mean, even just like the first page when you open it up, that shot of, uh, I guess, Old Man Logan just kind of lying there on the, on the thing, um, on like a gurney half-covered. The colors are really good and like haunting, and it really sets the tone there. And you flip the page, and then it's like, you know, kind of more mystical blues. Uh, then you have kind of, again, more regular colors. Then you have, um, you know, sand, sorry, not sand, snow and kind of fog, as well as uh, uh, ninjas clad in kind of in red, like the hand. Um, really, really stands out. Um, the armor that X-23 gets to wear looks really cool as well. Um, I really dug this. I'm excited to kind of see where we go from here. Um, I like how Dakin's being written here. I think it's probably the best he's ever been written. I loved how Gorgon was used here. Um, I'm excited to kind of see where we go from here. Um, yeah, this is, this is great. And, uh, this is... Old New Wolverine 29, I would give this a, easily an 8.5 out of 10. It's just an extremely solid, solid read. Uh, next up, Amazing Spider-Man and Venom, Venom Inc. Omega number 1. This was not as solid. Uh, it's written by Dan Slott and Mike Costa, art by Ryan Stegman and Gerardo Sandoval. Um, I guess reading through this, I just felt like this was a waste of Spider-Man, and I was reading an article, I think it was on CBR the other day, and I felt it really kind of nailed home the point that symbiotes are kind of passe, like, they've been trying to do other things and with them, but the idea of Venom and Spider-Man having a the connection, it's not visceral anymore, it just doesn't work, and even the characters themselves don't seem to have a really good sense of what's going on here half the time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, like, it just, it feels so diluted, and if, it's interesting because like Venom's gone through so many incarnations. Like you have the original Eddie Brock version, which was big, but then got you know 
too too many appearances too quickly, and then uh, Marvel wanted them to kind of be the new Punisher in terms of a, a villain who becomes an antihero, becomes a you know a franchise on their own. And then in the early '90s, you kind of had that, that spin out, and they, he couldn't just be Spider-Man's enemy anymore. He had to kind of be, at times be an ally and maximum carnage storylines like that. And you had storylines where you know Venom basically had a, a long series and miniseries throughout the '90s, and uh, he wasn't really the villain anymore. And then um, when I guess what the new chapter or the next chapter started in 98 um, they brought him back to being a bit more villainous and uh, even gave him what I always thought was a cool new motivation for hating Spider-Man which actually felt more more real more tangible which is the idea that he blamed Spider-Man for the death of his wife well that's a lot more that's that's a lot more um, uh, not convincing but that's a lot more of a easy thing to get behind as opposed to someone being like well you cost me my job my career like some losing a loved one, especially like his ex-wife uh, that he was trying to reconcile with, would be a lot more of a blow. Anyways, they never really did anything with that. And then you had all these weird kind of Venom storylines that came after that. And then you had uh, Eddie Brock, you know, having cancer. Eventually, the symbiote going on to other people for years. It just it felt like you know, and some of those developments were really good. Like I actually really liked the Flash Thompson as uh, Agent Venom. I thought that was really cool. When we went into space, I wasn't as big a fan, and oh, the Clintar and all that stuff wasn't really for me. Um, it was some of the books were interesting, but it wasn't really what I was in. I wasn't that invested in that version of the character. And uh, yeah, and now he's back on Earth, and you know, he wants to be a hero. Okay, whatever. I mean, this was this was middle of the road. Uh, I'm gonna give it a five. Uh, next up, we have Avengers 676. Um, this was uh, this is really good. Um, this is the second chapter of Avengers No Surrender. It's written by Mark Wade, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub, and artwork by Pepe Larraz. Really digging this. Uh, I thought Larraz did a great job with the art, especially aping all the kind of classic styles. We get we find out more about the character of Voyager, um, which is interesting because she feels a lot like uh, Triumph from the 90s. I think Mark Wade wrote. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see how she kind of exists outside of time. Uh, everyone forgot who she was. Here we get introduced to the Black Order and the Lethal Legion having a throwdown. Uh, potentially maybe that's tied into the Grandmaster as well. The Avengers are still trying to find out who stole the Earth. And at the very end, the, uh, the mansion blows up again, which I feel like it means less uh, because it happens so much now. Like, it, the Avengers Mansion and the X-Men Mansion get blown up all the time that it really has become a cliche. There was a time when it mattered. Um, and I think it's even worse because they they just got the mansion back. Like the mansion's been through so many hands ever since it was blown up. By, uh, what thirteen years ago, fourteen years ago, and Avengers disassembled, and it's just been like they've been in the, the headquarters, like in the tower. There's been all these different teams. A team's had you know the mansion, and then they haven't had the mansion, and it's been used for weird sex parties. Like it's just. I, I feel like the emotional resonance of that moment doesn't work anymore. It's not earned anymore. It's been unearned uh, because of everything that's gone, they've done with the mansion. It's been devalued. Um, so that moment as a, whoa, holy crap, means less. Um, it just doesn't have the same cachet it used to. There was a time when, like, even when Hydra Base was blown up back in the day, like, that was a big deal. Like, they didn't have anywhere else to go. Suddenly, Hydra Base is destroyed. Like, that was, you know, it was pretty big. Again, it was back when it wasn't a cliche. Uh, but that being said, I'm going to give the issue an 8. Like, it's a very solid second issue. I'm really excited to see where the storyline goes, and I'm really digging it. Uh, next up is Batman 39. Um, this is, let me just see, this is written by Tom Taylor. And, oh, Tom Taylor, Tom King, man, what's wrong with me? Uh, it's written by Tom King, uh, artwork by Joel Jones. This is Super Friends Part 3. And I, uh, 
I really I really dug this and kind of seeing how Batman and Wonder Woman deal with where they end up and how long they end up being there and uh, they're you know they're doing something to try and you know let someone else have a have a break um, for where he's been for years uh, this you know this eternal vow and they realize that they've actually been there for for ten years at least. And at the very end, it looks like uh, you know, maybe something will happen between the two characters, uh, Batman and Wonder Woman. Um, it's pretty interesting. I'm really digging it. I'm enjoying how it's developing the characters. And uh, we're also seeing a lot of great development for Catwoman as well. I'm going to give this an 8.5. I thought this was fantastically written and with uh, pretty good art. Uh, next up is Batman and uh, let's see Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three. Sorry, Ninja Turtles two number three. Uh, this is written by James Tynan the fourth. Our work by oh, sorry, plotted by James Tynan the fourth. Dialogue by Ryan Ferrier and our work by Freddie Williams the second, who I think does an absolutely bang up job. This is a fun adventure um, with Bane, you know, amping people up with venom to go up against uh, the turtles and Batman. Um, the artwork is. Just breathtaking. The story's good. I mean, this the story's, um, you know, it's 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 serviceable. It gets the job done. It, you know, it gets the characters right. But really, it's a, it's this is an artistic show, and it really shows it here. Um, and it just it looks fantastic. Um, I just I really dug the artwork by Freddie Williams. So that's an eight out of ten. Uh, next up, we have Champion Sixteen. Uh, this I uh, thought was really interesting, and um, I'm interested to see how Mark Way develops this. Uh, the idea that we now have two Vivs uh, is actually really cool. It's artwork by Humberto Ramos. It's written, as I said, by Mark Wade, and um, it's really entertaining. Um, seeing how I mean, there's a lot going on here. We get to see uh, Moon Girl. Um, we get to and Devil Dinosaur here. We get to see the the, the big storyline for me is what's going on with the Vision. Um, the idea that the champions are kind of looking for potential new members is really cool as well. Um, and I love the part here where we have uh, Amadeus Cho meeting with Riri Williams and uh, just them talking with, you know, uh, you know in, in equations is really cool and seeing them fist bump was really neat. But again, the, the, the real story here is all about um, the two vivs and it's really interesting. Um, and entertaining and really kind of challenging, and I really liked it. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. It was uh, really well done. One of the best things I've read this week in terms of you know complex characterization. Next up is Damage. Uh, this issue number one by. Let me just see who is who wrote this. Um, I want to say let's see. It's written. Storytellers are Tony S. Daniel and Robert Venditti. Inks by Danny Mickey. Um, I did not find this that entertaining. It's I'm not really getting a good sense of why the character is this way, who is he. Um, they try to kind of explain part of that, and you know, the idea that there's a lot going on, and we have Task Force X being here at the end, which is cool, but other than that, like it looks great, but I, so far, there's really not a lot to sink my teeth into. I, I would give this like a one for story, maybe maybe one and a half, and like a four for art. Like it's It looks great. It's just so far empty calories it doesn't feel like it's really doing much uh next up is dr strange 384 which is uh tremendously entertaining and interesting um especially like the ending uh it's written by donny cates artwork by gabriel hernandez walta um just such a great handle on doc strange 
Um, I love the idea that you know he, he has a, a kind of an Asgardian look now. Uh, he's the god of magic. Um, him going up against uh, Loki was really interesting. The idea that um, the the price that has to be paid for all magic is being paid by the century, and century's taking a nap while it's happening is it's kind of crazy. Uh, very entertaining. Um, the idea that. You have um, a Doctor Strange the Oath spell being used again, which I thought was a nice touch, uh, to uh, um, temporarily strip magic from uh, Doctor Strange and Loki, if that was cool. And the idea that uh, is almost like, now you're both equal, and it's like, wait, he's still a god. He just knocks him off panel, which was cool. I don't know if it was meant to be kind of a visual nod to um, the first Avengers movie, but it felt like it, because you have a god punching someone else. It's just just the the way that the uh, panel was shown with the the outright boom um, striking uh, Doctor Strange and then at the very end he lets out the the thing that's been stuck inside this um, this vault that Loki desperately wants and then realizes that uh, it's the void and uh, he was only killed once by that um, which was a great uh, reveal and really inter- I'm really uh, interested to see how and what we're going to see next um, because that's potentially very dangerous, especially with the century back. I love how the century is being written in this book, so this was this was great. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. It was uh, it was well worth the read. Uh, next, next up is Justice League 37. Uh, this is the another. Um, so here's the thing. This week we found out that you know they're, they're going to be ending the Justice League book, and then we're going to have a new teams, and and it's going to have like kind of a new launch. That kind of ruins it out for me for a little bit. That we're not going to have Priest on the book longer to have more of a, an impact. Uh, so this is written by Priest, artwork by Philip, uh, sorry Philippe Briones. Really like the art. Really like the uh, the idea of, of of the fan. Um, still some questions about how it's all going to go down and how it's all working, but so far really entertaining it definitely feels like a real threat but i guess the only thing is how is he this good how is he able to do this much to these people um i hope we get a little more on making him seem and feel more credible that he could actually pull these things off but thus far it's entertaining so i gave it an eight p woods artwork is fantastic um did i say Pete woods i think he did the art here did i just i just said um Let's see, where is the credits page here? Sorry, Philip Brion's. It's not P.P. Woods. I feel like the last couple of issues were P.P. Woods, and then he did the cover. Sorry, Brion's did a great job in art. Uh, next up is Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 299, um, which with a, has a great Marcos Martin cover, which I really liked. Uh, artwork by Adam Kubert and Juan Frugari. It's written by Chip Zdarsky. And it's uh, really entertaining. I liked how um, Black Panther was used here and, and Hawkeye, and everyone's kind of getting involved as Spider-Man's trying to make sure that no one uh, gets a hold of uh, Teresa, um, which means a lot of people getting involved, a lot of different characters, which I thought was really interesting. Um, again, there's a, a shot where um, Spider-Man's like, this ends now, and it's just, just such a great Adam Kubert. I mean, that's got to be an expensive page to buy. It just looks fantastic. Um and the ending, I first of all, I loved everything that was going on here with J. Jonah Jameson. I thought that was really entertaining and interesting, and he's actually been written so well here. And um, the uh, the kind of the reveal at the end, I really didn't see coming. Uh, not like this. Um, so I thought that was really cool as well. So I'm, I'm going to give it an 8. Um, actually, an 8.5. I think this is a really good week for comics. There's some great stuff that came out. Uh, next up is Star Wars 42. This is by Kieran Gillen and Salvador La Roca. It's uh, continuing The Ashes of Jedha Part 5, which is really entertaining and interesting. Now that we know more about Jedha, um, kind of coming back to the scene of the crime from uh, Rogue One. Um, this was really interesting to see 
how these characters are operating on this on Jeddah, how the characters are kind of dealing with it. Um, I love the art. Again, it's fantastic. Uh, seeing what uh, LaRocca can do with these characters is really entertaining. I really like where, you know, it's just very climactic ending. Um, anyway, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a very enjoyable book. I don't want to give away some of the surprises and uh, the twists and turns, but I'm going to give it an 8. Uh, next up is Super Sons number 12. This is the finale of the Super Sons of Tomorrow storyline. Uh, this is by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Leeson, uh, with Tyler Kirkham on art. Still not a fan of the, um, I forget his name. It was a savior. Um, the costume that Tim Drake, the future Tim Drake wears, I really don't like that. Um, otherwise, this was a pretty interesting issue to kind of just bring threads to a close. Um, at times, I thought it was, um, uh, as a fan who really wants to hear more about Connor and, and their, their, their timeline or whatever, I was a little upset that we didn't get to see more from it. Um, but... What was really interesting here was the idea of you know Superman wanting to reassess the partnership between um, Damien and uh, John and how they feel about them working together. This is very much an epilogue issue. Um, again, the the ending was really cool. Seeing the Justice League, sorry, the Justice League, the uh, the kids, the Teen Titans, meet around the t- the table of the Justice League and sitting in in, in many cases their mentors' chairs, not in everyone obviously, uh, was really cool. And the idea that uh, Superboy can't be on the Teen Titans is interesting, but again, the the partnership between Damien and John has really blossomed. And it's interesting that like originally when Damien first showed up, he was a dick, and then over time, as as reader, I've kind of really come to like him and enjoy him. And I feel like that's how I feel about the relationship between him and John is that they really didn't like each other, and now they've actually become friends. And it feels earned. It feels uh, very natural. And I really have to give it up to the writers. Uh, for being able to pull that off, because that is no small feat. Uh, so give this an 8, definitely. And then we have Trinity number 17. This is... Who wrote this? Um, uh, sorry here. Just uh, looking at this. Who wrote this story? Anyways, as I'm looking for the credits pages, um, I really enjoyed this, because we got to see the Trinity kind of out of their element um, in Skataris, which I thought was cool. Uh, it's written by James Robinson. I work by Patrick Zerker. I should have known that after the first couple pages, just seeing some of the, the way that some of the characters were written. Um, I like that it, it takes the characters out of their element. I like Warlord. I don't know a lot about Warlord, but I do like him. Um, so this is, this was interesting. And I'm interested to see how the, the framing of the series is really going to work out for the storyline. But I, I, I enjoyed it. Give it a 7. And we got X-Men Gold. This is issue number 20. Cannot believe we're already in 20, uh, 20 issues. That seems crazy. Uh, it's written by Mark Guggenheim, or, uh, penciled by Diego Bernard. Uh, this is the Negative Zone War Part 5. really enjoyed the art. I'm not as interested in the story. Um, it's It has some good elements, and you know the, the X-Men far away from home having to fight for survival. I just never felt that invested in what was going on here, even though you had some serious stuff happening with Kitty and Colossus. Um, I don't know. It just the whole thing felt very forgettable. Like the issue, I'm looking at it right now, and I, I read it, but it's just not even that memorable to me. Um, the ending was interesting because you have um, uh, Kitty, you know, proposing to Colossus, and that's cool. But the issue itself, I felt, was kind of bland and uh, not that interesting, to be honest. Uh, 
So next week we are going to be talking about uh, releases from the week of January 24th. Some of the selected releases coming out next week include Doomsday Clock number three, uh, Inhumans Judgment Day number one, uh, Legion number one, part of a new miniseries, uh, the Nightwing, the New Order, last issue, um, six out of six, a uh, new issue of Thanos, The Flash, X Men Blue, and X Men Blue Annual, as well as new issues of Amazing Spider-Man, Action Comics, Avengers, Marvel Two and One, and Phoenix Resurrection. It's the fourth and uh, penultimate issue of the Return of Jean Grey. Um, so that's com- we're going to be talking about on our next episode. Uh, you can uh, email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Um, you can rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Um, upcoming episodes, we're still working on timing and scheduling for Judd Winnick to come on the show. Uh, we are also working on having a conversation with Jamal Eigel. Uh, that got pushed back. That was due to me, so hopefully that happens soon. Um, we're also going to have an upcoming episode, hopefully with Steve Englehart coming back. Uh, he was on our last episode. Uh, it was really fun talking to him, and he has so much he can talk about. He's done so much that I'm uh, hoping that we can have him back on the show shortly. Um, so that's uh, some future stuff coming down the, down the line. We also are going to have an episode about the Black Panther movie, which comes out in just a few short weeks. So uh, a lot of exciting stuff is coming up in the pipeline. Uh, thanks again for listening to this uh, review episode, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.